You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. All right, we're going to get into the series today in part two of our Moving Forward series. And we began this series last week by asking you a question, have you ever felt stuck before? I think we've all been there before. Maybe you felt stuck financially, trying to get out of debt, trying to move ahead in your finances. Maybe you felt stuck in your physical health, uh, maybe just trying to feel better. Maybe you felt stuck spiritually. We've all been there before. We've probably all felt spiritually stuck before. And this series is, is designed to help you, just to give you a good push in the right direction to help you get unstuck and moving forward into God's purpose for your life. In fact, that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about moving forward, stepping into God's purpose for your life. Because here's one thing we all have in common today. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, whether you consider yourself to be a follower, a committed follower of Jesus Christ, uh, maybe you're not sure what you believe. You're kind of on the spiritual journey. Maybe somebody invited you today. Maybe somebody shared this broadcast with you today, and you'd say, well, I'm, you know, I consider myself to be spiritual, not necessarily religious. This is my first time in church in a long time. This is my first time in a Bible teaching church like this. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, there's one thing we all have in common. We all want to live a life of purpose. We all want to live a life of significance to have some sense when we look back on our lives one day and to, to, to know that our lives made a difference, to know that our lives counted, made a difference in someone else's life. We all want to live with a sense of fulfillment. We all have hopes. We all have dreams. We all have aspirations. But I think there's something else that we all have in common. We often feel stuck when it comes to fulfilling our purpose. We often feel stuck when it comes to, to fulfilling and realizing our, our dreams. I had a day like that last week. I felt like I was failing as a husband, as a father, as a pastor. I just went to bed early. Come on, anybody just ever give up? Like, I'm going to bed. I'm getting in bed. I'm taking Benadryl. I'm watching Netflix, and I'm done. I had a day like that last week. I just had to go to bed. I'm starting over. I'm starting over tomorrow because this day is not going well. Well, I want us to look at a quote from Pastor Andy Stanley that I think is going to help us. It's going to help us get unstuck today. This is a quote I've shared with you before, but I think it's really powerful. Here's, here's what Pastor Andy Stanley says. Decisions determine direction, and direction determines destination. Come on, let me read that for you again. Think about this. Maybe you want to snap a picture of that or write that quote down if you're taking notes today. Decisions determine direction, and direction determines destination. Isn't that true? Stop and think about where you are in life right now in this current season and reverse engineer how you got there. You made some decisions, right, for better or for worse, that got you to where you are right now in this place of life. Now, I know there were some things in your life that happened, maybe some circumstances beyond your control, but most of us, if we're honest, we made some decisions that got us where we are. And see, here's the thing. I think most of us have a destination in mind, a vision of where we want to be, where we want to end up. But many times we make daily decisions that don't align really well with the, the desired destination. They don't get us to where we want to go, right? They take us in a different direction. For example, for me, I'm going to fess up and be honest with you guys. I've been trying to eat a little bit better lately. You know, I could afford to, to lose a few pounds off of this dad bod that I got going on over here. But the truth is, it's really about feeling better. I've noticed that when I eat too many carbs and too much wheat and too much sugar, I get this whole brain fog kind of thing. I don't know if you've ever had that. I kind of get a little bit lethargic. And, and I've noticed that in, in my diet. So I've been eating a little bit better, you know, the last few weeks and, and no, no, you know, 
know, no huge changes, just a few simple changes. But the other day I was at a pastor's conference and uh, they had catering, they had Chick-fil-A. Come on, some of y'all know I love Chick-fil-A. Love me some Christian sanctified chicken. And so Chick-fil-A, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it is fried chicken and it does come on a bun. It is some carbs. It's kind of some of the stuff I've been trying to cut out of, of my diet. But I'm at a conference and what else is there to eat? And I'm not going to pass up an opportunity to have some Chick-fil-A. But here's the thing. When Chick-fil-A does catering, in addition to giving you that wonderful, sanctified, godly chicken sandwich and some chips, they give you a big, fat chocolate chip cookie. Okay, something else I don't need to eat, right? Like more carbs, more sweets. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to get the Chick-fil-A, but I'm not going to eat the chocolate chip cookie. Come on, how many of you know famous last words? I'm not going to eat the chocolate chip cookie that is calling my name. So I'm sitting down, I'm eating, and I'm sitting with Pastor Mark Rouse. Some of you know Pastor Mark, who's one of our overseers from Buffalo. We're eating, we're talking, and when I get done, I'm like, oh, you know, I kind of wouldn't mind having something a little bit sweet. Maybe I'll just take one bite of this chocolate chip cookie. Come on, how many of you know you cannot take, it is not humanly possible to take one bite of a chocolate chip cookie. I take one bite of this cookie, and I'm talking to Pastor Mark, and before I know it, I've ate the whole thing, and I'm happy about it. Right? Like, it's just, it just went down so fast. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just ate the whole thing. Come on. How many of you know if you're trying to lose weight or eat better, like, Satan will put chocolate chip cookies in your path. Like, he will tempt you. It's like, get thee behind me. Satan, deliver me from evil. Yes. Like, temptation. Like, right there, I, I, I failed. And that's our frustration, isn't it? Come on. Some of y'all are feeling my pain today. We're going to have a group therapy session. Come on, church online. That's our frustration, isn't it? Like our daily decisions don't often align with our desired destination, with our aspirations, with our stated purpose. For example, some of you might want to sleep better. You might want to get some rest, but you can't break the habit of binge-watching the latest Netflix show that you're addicted to that keeps you up late at night. Some of you might want to save money. You're trying to improve your financial health, but you just can't seem to stop making frivolous, spontaneous purchases on Amazon.com. How many of you know Amazon will suck the money? like right out of your bank account every time. Some of you, you want to improve the health of your relationship. Maybe some of you married people, you want to have a better marriage, but you just can't seem to bite your tongue when you say that one thing that drives your partner nuts every time. Come on. We often don't make daily decisions that align with the desired destination. So what are we going to do? Well, a few things. Number one, first of all, you're going to take notes. Take some notes today. I want to help you out. First of all, we have to clarify the destination. Come on, how many of you know if you don't have a destination, you don't really know where you're headed? If you, don't have a, if you don't have a stated purpose, if you don't have a goal, if you don't have a destination, don't worry. You, you'll, you'll never get there. You'll always miss the mark. First of all, we have to clarify the, the destination. Now, let me help you today. We're a church. We're a Bible-believing, Jesus-preaching church. We, we believe that you find the greatest fulfillment and, and purpose in your life in a life with God. We believe God created you. We believe God knows everything about you. And so life becomes much more fulfilling when we align ourselves with his purposes, when we have a relationship with him through Jesus Christ. We also believe that we find more fulfillment in a life lived for his glory. See, everybody wants to have a sense of purpose. You don't have to be a Christian to want to have a sense of purpose. It's just that the reality is you'll never really feel fulfilled until you find a purpose that's greater than yourself. And a lot of people want to have a purpose. It's just that they end up being the end in and of themselves. Well, no, you, 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 it doesn't work out that way. You have to become a means to an end. If you want to have a greater purpose, you can't end up being the end. You have to make your life a means to a greater end, to a greater purpose. And so we believe you're going to find more fulfillment when you have a life lived for 
the glory of God. Here, here, here's the other thing. Here's our destination, why we exist as a church. This is literally our mission statement, to help people find new life in Jesus and follow him completely. So that's the first thing we want to invite you to do. Align your life around that, to, to find new life, to keep rediscovering new life in Jesus and follow him completely. So the first thing is to clarify the destination. That's what we're after as, as a church. Sorry, this isn't like a, you know, a place where you come to get motivational speeches or a self-help thing. This is, we're, we're about following Jesus together. We're on a mission to follow Jesus. Here's the second thing. We have to align our decisions with the desired destination. I know, right? Like, it's, it's, it's just a mind-blowing thing. Like, this is rocket science. We have to actually align our decisions, our daily decisions, with the desired destination. But here's the good news. Here's the good news, especially for those of you who feel really overwhelmed right now, like there's a thousand things in your life you want to change. Come on, sometimes we get overwhelmed like that, right? Like there's all of these things we want to change in our life and we don't even know where to start. I drive Amy crazy because I'm one of these people, I'm always working on myself. There's always like 20 things in my life that I want to change. And sometimes we get overwhelmed by that, don't we? Sometimes we just kind of get paralyzed because there's so much that we want to change. Our life is, is totally like there's inertia, like we feel stuck. We're not headed in the right direction and we don't even know where to start. I want to give you one simple truth to help you get unstuck today. Here's the good news. You change the direction of your life one decision at a time. Come on, somebody came to church today to put that in your notes. Snap a picture of that. Write that down. Get out the redemption app and take some notes today. You change the direction of your life just one decision at a time. You have no idea how much one Decision can change the trajectory of your life. Come on, we're going to get some momentum. Just one decision. We're going to start getting some domino effect going on here. Just one decision that helps us get unstuck and moving in the right direction. But here's the question. How do we make good decisions? How do we make the, the kind of decisions that get us going in the right direction? How do we even know in a world with so many choices where we often have decision fatigue, how do we even know that we're making good decisions? Well, I want us to look at a passage from the book of Proverbs that talks about our decisions and our, our direction. In fact, it uses, the passage we're going to look at, uses the imagery of a path. It really lines up here with this whole direction thing because the path is one of the symbols that's used that we find all throughout the book of Proverbs. So the book of Proverbs is a book of ancient wisdom that's been passed down to the people of God for generations, for centuries. It's a wonderful book of wisdom. And one of the symbols that we find all throughout Proverbs is this idea of the path of righteousness, that the straight and narrow path that is the way of God. It's the way of wisdom. It's the way of prosperity. It's the way of righteousness. So we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 3 at a famous scripture that if you've been around church anytime you've heard before. And, and this is some writing from King Solomon. In Proverbs chapter 3, King Solomon talks about purpose. Now this is King Solomon who was the son of King David. This is King Solomon who was the wisest, richest man in the history of Israel. One of the wisest, richest men in the history of the world. This is King Solomon who had everything. This is King Solomon who had 700 wives. 700 wives, y'all? He was a busy man. I'm just saying. This man, this was a man who denied himself no pleasure. He literally writes about this in Ecclesiastes. I let my heart have everything it wanted. And here's what he found that it was all meaningless. Like this dude made Hugh Hefner and Donald Trump look like a choir boy. Like this dude went after everything his heart desired. He said, when it's all said and done, it was all meaningless. Like you have to have some purpose that transcends this life. 
And so here's a man who gives us some wisdom today, and, and he talks about this idea of making decisions that get us moving in the right direction, transcendent purpose, something that lasts this life. And here's what it is. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. We're going to look at this famous scripture. It's a scripture that I've taught to my children that I read with them so many times and pray over them in, in their prayers at night. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Today, I want to give you three choices to help you change your direction. Three choices, just three simple things we can do today. Three things to, to begin to align our daily decisions with a greater purpose that God has for our lives. So you ready to write some down? Take some notes, write some ideas down? Here's the first one. Number one, choose trust. Come on, somebody say, choose trust church online. It's in the comments. Choose trust. Here's what it says. Proverbs 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. King Solomon tells us that a life of wisdom starts with a life of trust. Trust in the Lord. Now see, truth, uh, excuse me, trust is actually the essence of faith. Think about this for a moment. Trust is the essence of, of faith. And, and not just trusting in what God can do, because so many times we think of faith that way. I'm believing God to do this in my life. I'm believing for God to, to provide for this need or to heal this person. That's wonderful. But faith is ultimately not just rooted in what God can do, but who he is. It's trusting in who he is. In a sense, it's saying, God, I choose to trust and believe that you are who you revealed yourself to be, who you revealed yourself to be in, in Scripture, who, who you revealed yourself to be in the person of your son, Jesus Christ, that you are the good and loving God that you revealed yourself to be. And so I can trust you with all of my heart. What is the heart? The biblical idea of the heart is that it is the center of your emotions, the center of your decisions. It's, it's the center of your will. Remember the scripture that says, above all else, guard, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. This is about your, your will. And so what we're saying when we say, I trust in the Lord, we're saying this, God, I choose to align my will with your will for my life. That's what I'm choosing. I choose to align my will with, with, your, with your will. See, whether or not you trust someone determines how you relate to them. Think about that for a moment. Do you agree with that statement? Whether, whether or not you trust with someone determines how you relate to them. You don't just trust anybody with your money. If you have kids, you don't just trust anybody to watch your kids. You don't just trust anybody with your secrets. If you're walking on the street in New York City and some guy walks up to you and says, hey, I'm selling Rolexes, you want to buy one? What are you going to say? Get out of my face. I don't know you. But if one of your friends makes a recommendation for a cleaning product that's changed their life, that can get a stain out of anything, you might actually buy it because you trust them. Whether or not you trust someone determines how you, you relate to them. And so it's so easy to say, well, of course, Pastor Jimmy, I trust, I trust God. I'm a person of faith. I have a Christian bumper sticker on my car. I have a worship playlist on Spotify. Of course I trust God. But that's not where you find out if you really trust God. Anybody can say that. Where you find out if you really trust God is in the choices that you make. The choices that you make reveal how you relate to him, if you really trust him. So to trust God is to believe that he knows what's good for you better than you know for, for yourself. It's to put God's desires at the center of our, our decision making. Like we trust that his ways are better than, than our ways. 
Let's be honest today because our, our, our ways are earthly and we're fallen people. And oftentimes, like, God's way of doing things doesn't line up with our natural way of doing things. And so, God, I choose to align my will with your will. I choose to believe that your ways are better than my ways. For example, forgiveness to me doesn't really make sense. What makes sense to me is if somebody tries to hurt me or somebody does me wrong, what makes sense to me is to get even with them. What makes sense to me is when somebody hits you, you hit them back harder. Come on, this is New York. We're known for having a little bit of an edge on us, right? That's what makes sense to us. But God, I know that you forgave me when I least deserved it, and it's your forgiveness that's changed my life. So I can forgive because you forgave me. I choose to believe that your ways are better than my ways. So you understand this? God, generosity, if I'm really honest with myself, doesn't really make sense. What really makes sense is to keep everything that I have for myself because I don't want to run out of money. What happens if I have an unexpected need? But God, I know that in your economy, you're able to bless me when I bless others. God, I know that in your economy, you're able to entrust me more when I honor you with my finances, when I give back to the work of your kingdom. So I choose to believe that your ways are better than my ways. Come on, when it comes to sexual integrity, it's easy to say, well, God, you know, we only live once. Life is really short. Might as well have as much fun as I can have. That makes sense to us. But God, you said in Scripture that sexuality is sacred. It's something that takes place in the bonds of marriage between a man and a woman. And if done right, it actually reveals your glory. It reveals the way Christ loves the church. There's something going on there that's much bigger than my understanding. So I choose to align my life with your ways because your ways are higher than my ways. Oh, don't go quiet on me when I start talking about sexual integrity. This is what we choose to be. We can choose trust. We can choose trust. And it shows up in our decisions, in the way we live our lives, not just in what we, we, we profess. Here's the second thing. I don't know if this is helping you out, but I want to give you some choices that you can make to help change your direction. The first one is choose trust. Here's the second one. Choose wisdom. Choose wisdom. Look at this, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Come on, how many of you know that wisdom and knowledge are two different things? They're not necessarily the same thing. Like knowledge is what you know. It's been said that wisdom is knowing what to do with what you know. Maybe an even better definition of wisdom is knowing that you don't know everything. Come on, knowing that you don't know what you don't know. Wise is the person who knows they don't know everything. Do you know what the number one obstacle is that gets in the way from us actually pursuing wisdom? You want to know what it is? It's pride. It's our own pride. If we just get really honest with ourselves, it's that we think we know more than we really know. We think we have things all figured out. We think our way of seeing everything is the right way of seeing everything. Mark Twain once said, what gets us in trouble isn't what we know. It's what we know for sure that just ain't so. (laughs) I asked you guys a question a while back. You may remember this question. I asked you, how do you feel when you're wrong? How do you feel when you're wrong? Maybe embarrassed. Maybe you kind of feel humiliated. Maybe you feel kind of stupid, right? No, here's the truth. That's how you feel when you find out you're wrong. When you're wrong, how do you feel? You feel right. <laughs> That's the truth. Come on. We, when we're wrong, we're so certain that we're right until something happens and somebody shows us that we're wrong. Biblical wisdom in the sense of Proverbs is to actually see life for what it really is, not to be lost in our own misperception of it. I love this. As I've studied studied Proverbs, it's actually to see life for what it really is. 
And that's why it's so important to learn from others, those who have lived longer than us, those who have gone beyond, uh, you know, have, who have experiences beyond our own frame of reference, especially good, godly people who have walked with God for a long time. Why? Because they can help you see life for what it really is and not to be lost in your own misperceptions of it. If you're a parent, you know this all too well. You're always telling your kids, like, you might want to bring a jacket with you. Oh, I don't need a jacket. It's not that cold outside. And they're texting you, hey, mom, dad, can you bring me a jacket? I'm cold. Well, I tried to tell you if you're outside after a while, you're going to be cold, but I've lived life longer than you, so you didn't believe me. Why don't you just trust my perspective? This is biblical wisdom. The other day, I was driving to, to Philly from New York on the 95, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, I hate the 95 between Philly and New York City. It's way too many people, like everybody, half the United States of America is on the road. People drive like they have a death wish, like they're out of control. It's pitiful. I'd rather drive in Manhattan any day. I'm driving down the 95, and this dude comes flying past me. I'm doing like 70 miles an hour. This guy had to be going at least 90 miles an hour. And literally, when he flew past me, I'm like, this dude's going to cause a wreck. Like, literally, I prophesied the words out of my mouth. This dude's going to cause a wreck. I come over a hill like one minute later, and I see smoke. And sure enough... There's somebody pulling off, making an emergency exit. Their car's smoking because he hit them. There's another car in the shoulder facing me that got hit and spun around. On the left side of the shoulder is the guy who was flying down the road. His car spun around and another car. He caused three other cars to wreck. Now, here's the thing, okay? This guy literally thought, I want you to get this for a minute. This guy literally thought he could drive down the 95 that fast at that speed and get where he was going faster and not get in an accident. And life taught him a lesson that day. Now, I'm so thankful that he didn't get killed or cause someone else to get killed. But life taught him a lesson that day. You can't drive like that down the middle of this crazy, busy road and not cause a I hope it's a lesson that this guy takes with him for the rest of his life. But this is what happens to us in life. We think we know more than we know, don't we? And so we just get off going, flying down the road of life, making decisions, doing things, doing things our way. We're so impressed with ourselves while it's working, you know, kind of like that guy just flying down the road. Oh, I'm passing everybody up. I'm getting where I'm going really fast. We're so impressed with ourselves until one thing goes wrong. One thing goes wrong. One thing we didn't see coming. One thing that was outside of our perception, and we crash and burn. And some of you have lived long enough. You've got that wisdom. You've got the scars to prove the life lessons. How many of you know life has a way of teaching us? How many of you know that life has a way of humbling us? Life is a really good, a really good teacher. And King Solomon says this. He says, lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. See, this doesn't mean that you shouldn't use your God-given brain, that you shouldn't use some of the knowledge and wisdom that you've accumulated over the years. This just means that you do so cautiously. You do so humbly. I, I like this because it's really a word picture. The, 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 the writer of Proverbs is saying, is saying to us, don't put all of your weight, don't lean all of your weight on your own understanding. You can put some of your weight there, but wise is the person who doesn't lean completely on on their own understanding. Why is that? Because your perspective is limited. Because your perspective is limited. I've learned that with almost any issue, my perspective is limited. You know, just this past week, the headlines have been dominated by two uh, sh police shootings again, right, that have just consumed the headlines this week, two tragic shootings. And you know what I see play out? I see people kind of running to their familiar perspectives. There's kind of the conservative perspective. Uh, there's kind of the progressive perspective. Maybe the conservative perspective says, you know, if these young people of color would not resist arrest, these things wouldn't happen. The prog progressive perspective might say if policing wasn't so violent and so aggressive and so often 
racist, these things wouldn't happen. So I'm going to retreat to my Fox News perspective. I'm going to retreat over here to my MSNB perspective. And nobody grows. Nobody learns. And we end up being stuck. And can I just be honest with you? You know what's helped me? The, the past, especially this past year, it's not so much watching the news or, or reading articles. It's just sitting and listening and learning from other people's experiences. Last year during the, the height of the George Floyd protests and the BLM rallies, man, I got on the phone. I spent time with my black brothers and sisters, other pastors, good, good men of God, some of them conservative, some of them progressive, and we just listened. I just listened. I just asked questions, and I learned more from those experiences. I called some of my police officer friends, and I said, man, tell me what it's like. like what's it like to do your job, and, and you know, what's, what's, what's it like during this crazy time we're living in? How can I pray for you? And, and what I learned is that, especially from my, my black brothers and sisters, that when these kind of things happen, especially a police shooting, whatever the details are, whatever the YouTube clip plays out, they often feel a police shooting in a different way than I feel it. Because they feel it against the backdrop of, of decades and centuries of racial injustice in this country. You know, just this past week, I got pulled over by a police officer for failing to signal. I was coming into the easy pass lane, and, and it, was, it was very polite. It was all over with in a matter of like four minutes. You know, I got let off with a warning. It would be easy for me to say, well, I don't understand why anybody has a problem with, you know, law enforcement. I mean, I have uncles who are police officers, and my best friend was a cop who stood in, in, in my wedding. But what I've learned from, from sitting down and talking to my brothers and sisters, people of color, that's not often their experience. And so because I've asked those questions, my perspective has grown. Come on, church, we got to get this because I really believe the church of Jesus Christ, we're, we're called to be a part of the solution, like some kind of way God wants to use us to bring healing in this broken country that we're living in. But we're never going to get there if we're so sure we know everything. we got to get humble. we got to get the wisdom that the people of God have known for centuries that I can't, I don't have it all figured out. i got to listen. i got to learn. i got to lead with compassion. And that might lead us to have a voice to ask even better questions that might actually bring about justice, that might actually bring about true reform and change in this nation. Come on, the, our nation needs this right now from the church. To be people of compassion, people of humility, people who are willing to, to, to learn and not just be stuck in our limited perspective. Come on, I know I'm just preaching to myself today. Three choices, three choices to help you change your direction. Here's the third one, number three, choose submission. Choose submission. When I say submission, I mean worship. I know that's not a popular word. I know that's not like a really fun word. Like, yeah, I just love that. When it comes to, to God, like the first word that I think of is, I can't wait to submit. This is really about worship. We can choose submission. Here's what the writer of Proverbs says. King Solomon says this, verse 6. In all your ways, submit to him. Some translations say, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Here's the idea. In everything I do, I choose to submit to God's will. God, I choose to acknowledge you. I choose to be mindful of you. I choose to remember you in every area of my life. I want to hear your voice. I want to honor you. Remember the great commandment, right? One of the scribes asked Jesus, like, how do you, how do you, how do you see the law? How do you interpret? How do you sum it all up? And Jesus said, here it is, to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as as yourself. He's like, all of the law and the prophets are summed up in those two, two statements. But what I love about that is it gives us a picture of the Christian life that's holistic. 
It's holistic. It's, it, this Christian thing, it's, it's a way of life. It's not just something I do on Sunday. It's not just a bumper sticker on my car or a playlist on Spotify. Like this is every area of my, my life's not compartmentalized. There's my professional life. There's my social life. There's my sex life. There's my financial life. There's my physical life. No, 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 no. Every area belongs to you, God. Every part of it, God, I want you in every part of it. It all belongs to you. All of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind, all of my strength, Every part of it is yours, God. Not just Sundays, not just one hour on Sunday morning. God, I invite you into seven days of the week, 24-7. God, to to acknowledge you in all of my ways, to submit to you in all of my ways, to acknowledge you. I I love the message paraphrase of what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 12.1. Look at this. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. And I love that picture. Just everything. God, it's all worship. It's all worship. Because you gave everything for me, I give my whole life back to you. So my going to work, my eating, my sleeping, the way I treat people, the way I handle money, the way I talk, God, it's all yours. Submit it all to you as an act of worship. And let's look at the results. Here's what Solomon says. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Align my will with your will, God. Lean not unto my own understanding. God, I'm going to stay teachable. God, I'm going to stay humble. God, I'm going to get some godly people around me. I'm going to keep my my eyes focused on your word. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And here are the results, verse 6. And he will make your paths straight. Some translations say, and he will direct your paths. Come on, God is going to direct you. He's going to put you on the right path, the straight path. Your decisions are going to begin to align with your your destination, the the destiny that God has for your life, where you've been losing time, where you've been out in the weeds, where you made a wrong turn and you're taking the long way. Come on, he's the God who can get you right back. The GPS of heaven can get you back on the right track. God has a way of of making good things out of our bad decisions. I'm going to get you back in in the right place. Come on, you're, you're drifting. Drifting, you took a wrong turn, but it's time to it's time to turn back on the path that I have for you, the path of true purpose, purpose greater than yourself, the path of true fulfillment, the path of true significance that I have for your life. And I got good news for you today, church. If you're feeling stuck, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling like Pastor Jeremy, I've been fighting and just trying to get my life headed in the direction that I know deep down in my heart that I want it to go. I don't know where to start. Sometimes I feel overwhelmed. Sometimes it feels like there's a thousand things I want to change. I'm not even sure how to pursue that purpose. I know God has more for me deep down on the inside of me. I got good news for you. You change the direction of your life one decision at a time. One decision at a time. Come on, don't be stuck today. Don't be stuck today. One decision. I love what one of my favorite authors and pastors, Pastor Mark Batterson, says this. You're one decision away from a totally different life. Come on, somebody came to church to hear that today. You're one decision away from a totally different life. One decision to forgive somebody. Come on, one decision to let it go. One decision to get out of a toxic relationship. One decision to more fully pursue God. One decision to God, I'm going to spend time with you every day, no matter what happens, God. One decision to, to get back into the word of God. One decision 
to get better connected with, with other believers in your life. One decision to love your family better. One decision to start praying with your spouse. One decision to get out, get out of debt. One decision to more fully align your heart with the heart of God. You're just one decision away from a totally different life. One decision could change the trajectory of your life. It may seem small right now. But miles down the road, it changes where you are. A year from now, six months from now, it changes where you are. It might be a small thing, everyday thing. It might be a big thing. It might be a change in the direction of your career. Or it may just be a decision that I'm going to start praying for the people I love every day. I'm going to get back into the Word of God every day. One decision to let go of a self-destructive habit is keeping you from being everything God called you to be. One, one sinful habit, one thing that needs to be broken in your life. And so let me land the plane with this one question. Come on, let's make this personal today. Every one of us in this place, what's one choice you need to make to embrace God's purpose for your life today? One choice that you need to make today. Stop delaying. Stop putting it off. Today is the day of salvation. That's what scripture says. One choice you need to make to embrace God's purpose for your life? What's one choice that you can make today that will help you to more fully align your direction with the destiny that God has for your life? Maybe a small thing, maybe a big thing. Let me supply some, some, some ideas for you today. If, you're, if you don't have any, maybe you're like, I don't even know where to start. You know, one of the things, one of the language, one of the terms we use around here is we talk about just taking next steps, taking next steps. If you go to our website, there's a whole section on our website or on our app that talks about next steps. Maybe it's getting baptized. You know, we're looking to do baptisms pretty soon. In the next few weeks, we'll be announcing that. Maybe it's time for you to, to make that commitment, to go public with your faith. Maybe it's going to growth track, as Pastor Donya invited you to online today. Say, you know what? I'm not going to sit around on the sidelines at church anymore. I'm going to get committed. I'm putting down roots. I'm going to get serious about this. Like, I need a church family. I can't do this on my own. I can't just show up one hour a week. My God, I need a family around me. I need some people to pray for me. I'm going after what you have for me, God. Maybe it's activating your purpose by, by jumping into one of our teams. Go to, go to Next Steps. Look at some of the opportunities we have to serve around here in every different direction. The truth is we want something for you, not from you. Yeah, could we use some more help? Sure. But when you begin to serve, you activate your purpose. It does something for you. Come on, why do you think the dream teams are on here smiling? Because they've discovered something. It's a joy to serve. It gets you outside of yourself. One of the best things you could do to get yourself outside of yourself is serve other people. That's what we're called to do. Maybe it's joining a life group. Maybe it's starting your own life group, getting in a relationship with other believers. Man, I need some people to do life with. I need some people to pray with. I need some people that we can just share the joys and the pains of life. And I don't want to do this by myself anymore. What's one step you can take today to a whole different life? A year from now, your life could be different. Come on, I want to pray for you today. Would you stand with me? We're going to pray into that. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to give us strength, to give us courage to make one choice today. One choice today that helps us more fully align with the destination God has for us. Father, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that you are a good God, that you know what's best for us. You're the heavenly Father who knows what's best for your children. And we recognize today that, God, our perspective is limited. And so we choose today to trust in you with all of our hearts, God. We align our heart with you. We don't lean on our own understanding. We don't put all of our weight there, God. We recognize we need you. God, in all of our ways, come on, somebody pray that with me. Make this Proverbs your, your prayer today. God, in all of my ways, I want to submit to you every part of my life. I want to acknowledge you 
believing that you will direct my path. Holy Spirit, give us courage today to make that decision. Holy Spirit, give us strength. When we're weak, God, when we cannot stand, we fall on you. We throw ourselves on your grace and your mercy. But God, we thank you that your grace is sufficient. Father, I pray for the person today who needs to make the greatest choice they could ever make today, and that is to choose Jesus. Maybe they've been here for a few weeks. Maybe they've been watching this broadcast. And slowly but surely, God, you've been drawing them to yourself. Something in this message resonates with their hearts. Some of you under the sound of my voice today, you would say, Pastor, I want what you have. I want to know God that way. I want to walk with God that way. I want to have a greater purpose. I want to have a sense of significance. I want to have a relationship with God. If that's you today, we believe that's God drawing you to himself today. And it starts with making the best choice you could ever make, and that is to choose Jesus. Jesus, I choose you today. Come on, if you're choosing Jesus, pray with me in this place online. Would you just pray with me? Jesus, I choose you today. I choose you today for the first time, for the hundredth time. I recommit my life to you today. I want to follow you. Just pray this with me. I want to follow you. I want to know you. I give you my yes today. I believe you are who you said you are. Son of God, that you live for me, that you died for me on the cross, you died for my sins, that you resurrected to give me new life. Pray this with me. Jesus, I turn from my sins. I turn from my own path, and I choose to follow you today. I give you my life. Father, I pray you bless every person who prayed that prayer today. God, I thank you for the scripture that says there's an inner witness in our spirit. Thank God you testified to our spirits that we're your sons, we're your daughters. No more condemnation, no more shame. But whoever's in Christ is a new creation, born again, never the same. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, would you help me give God praise in this place today? Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.